Ladies and gentlemen, I have been told that I must inform all of you that if you have a pre-existing heart condition, then maybe Volumes of Fear isn't for you. Its content can be rather terrible. No, I, I mean terrifying. The content can be terrifying. That, that's what I meant. It, it's not terrible. Oh boy, I better just hit the button. Presented by Crimson Knight Productions, this is Volumes of Fear, a scripted horror comedy podcast. And here's your host, Piedmont Montgomery. Loyal Lunatics, we're broadcasting from Reading Room 2 of the Eastridge Public Library, and we're so excited to bring you another terrible tale. Oh, fantastic. Now I'm doing it too. Do you see what you did? Now I'm on this kick. Sorry, Mr. Piedmont. It's contagious. Like scabies. Oh, that's not what I want to think about. I digress. Tonight, we have a story for you that will not only entertain you, it will also educate you. You see... The character in tonight's terrifying tale will learn that while practical jokes can be fun, they can also have unfortunate consequences. So clean the potatoes out from your ears, my loyal lunatics, and enjoy pranking paranoid Pete. The studio of Eastridge Public Radio was certainly nothing special. It was comprised of a lobby, an office, the control room, and the recording studio. Our story this evening takes place in this dank little facility. Rush Hour Randy, a popular shock jock who hosts the Rush Hour Randy show on Eastridge Public Radio, was working after hours with his producer, Todd. The late hours were necessary to create an abundance of content for the coming week as Randy had scheduled a vacation. Todd was sitting in the control room getting ready to record Randy's audio skits, and Randy was finalizing his notes on the computer in the recording studio. Both men had microphones in front of them, and both wore headphones so they could hear each other. They could also see one another through a large window between the control room and the recording studio. Okay, Randy. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do this, Todd. I'll do the countdown from five. If you mess up... I won't. Well, if you do... Just keep going. I'll just have an intern edit out the bad takes. Here we go. Five, four, three, two. You're listening to the Rush Hour Randy Show here on Eastridge Public Radio. We hope you're enjoying this best of show featuring interviews with business owners from around Eastridge. Okay, next one. This is the Rush Hour Randy Show and you're listening to Eastridge Public Radio. I'm going to do the away spot now. Do it up, Randy. You're listening to the Rush Hour Randy Show on Eastridge Public Radio. This episode has been pre-recorded because I'm currently on vacation. That's right. I'm not here. I'm on a beach and you're not. In fact, you're probably stuck in your miserable life right now wishing you were me. How'd that sound? Good and demeaning. Okay. That's all the generic stuff, right? Yep. Now it's just the phone pranks. Great. Now we can have some fun. And you know who you're calling. Yep. I've had the list done for a week. You ready, Todd? You know I have to ask, Randy. 
Go ahead. In some way or form, you have thought these through. Like, this isn't going to get us into any legal trouble? I have thought these through, more or less. And I am confident that we will be okay. People love hearing the phone pranks, and they love being part of the phone pranks. It's by far my most popular bit. They get a kick out of being pranked by me, local celebrity, Rush Hour Randy. And you assume any and all responsibility? Yes, Todd. Look, it's getting late. I'm hungry, and I want a beefy sandwich from Beefy's Roast Beef. And I've been doing these phone pranks for a long time. I'm a professional. Now let's do this. Okay, I'm patching the phone line to your computer. You'll hear the dial tone as soon as you open the program on the computer in there. We're recording, so go ahead and dial the numbers into the computer and begin whenever you're ready. Here we go. Yeah, I was curious. Do you have any books on Harry Houdini? I'm sure we do. Was there one in particular you were looking for? Not really. I was just surprised because I would have thought they disappeared. Who is this? It's Rush Hour Randy, and you just got rushed. You've been rushed. That was great. She totally got punked. Did you hear that? She was all like, hey, who is this? Yeah, Randy. That was something. Tell me about it. What a trip. Okay, who's next? Just make sure that we're still recording, Todd, because this next one is going to take the cake. Yes? Uh, Hello? Is this the Peaksville Mental Hospital? What are you doing? Would you shut up? Yes, uh, is this the Peaksville Mental Hospital? It is. And who am I speaking with? My name is Pete. Well, Pete, my name is Ian Epper Keckerstein, and I live nearby, and I believe one of the patients from your institution has escaped and maybe wandered onto my property. Oh, uh, he didn't escape. I let them all out, sir. Yes, well, my property... Wait, what'd you say? The patient who, who's on your property? He's probably from here. I, I let him and all the other patients out. What are you saying? I'm saying that some of the patients have probably made their way out of the hospital by this point. Who is this? It, it's Pete, sir. And you said you let the patients out? Why? Well, I needed their help. I, I couldn't kill the doctor and the nurses, and the orderlies by myself. You killed the doctor and the nurses there? I didn't kill all of them by myself. Just the doctor and most of the nurses. The other patients helped out with everyone I couldn't get on my own. I think I have the wrong number. Weren't you trying to reach the Peaksville Mental Hospital? Uh, you know, I, um, I think... I I don't think that prank was going the way we wanted. Dude, what was that? Uh, I think just a wrong number or something. You know, that happens sometimes. These phone pranks are really popular, but they don't always go as planned. 
You just tried to prank the Peaksville Mental Hospital. Uh, yep. And instead of pranking them, you found out that a patient killed a bunch of the staff and then let out all the other patients? I think the guy who picked up this Pete, I think he was just playing around. Wait a minute. Pete? Pete? I think that was Peter Lawrence. Who? Peter Lawrence. Also known as Paranoid Pete. Paranoid Pete? Wait a minute. Was he... Yes. With a... Yes. And then he... Yes. So, he's... Yes, he's Paranoid Pete. The crazed maniac who killed all of his co-workers while he was working at the original Santino's Slice Pizzeria. That was a great pizza place. Yeah, it was. Until Paranoid Pete killed all the people who worked there. He thought they were all talking about him. He got paranoid, on edge, and one day he snapped. Paranoid Pete sliced up all his co-workers with a large pizza slicer and then offered special deals to customers on large sausage pizzas all night. How did you learn about all of this? Social media. Oh, then it must be true. He was arrested, found to be insane, and locked up at the Peaksville Mental Hospital. Oh, come on, Todd. I think we should call the cops, Randy. Why are you always so worried? What if that was real? Whoever it was probably knew it was me. I am Rush Hour Randy, remember? The king of low signal AM radio. They were trying to pull a fast one on us. Let's keep going with the pranks. We're getting worked up over nothing. But Randy... Too late, Todd. I'm already calling the next place. Despite Todd's objections and fears, Randy moved along with his itinerary, trying his hardest not to think of the disturbing conversation he had just had. Darby O'Grills. This is Bart. How may I assist you today? I'm the refrigerator inspector. Good day to you. I'm curious if your refrigerator is running. Please excuse me for a minute while I check. What's wrong? I feel off or something. Like maybe your conscience is bothering you? Randy, we need to call the police. Uh, Mr. Inspector, I have returned. Our refrigerator does seem to be running adequately and efficiently. Well, you better go and, I don't know, use it. Oh, we do regularly, sir. But thank you for your advice and concern. The refrigerator is a regular part of our kitchen operations. It's used to... Creepy guy. He's probably the one who's killing people. Okay, man. That was lame. You're obviously realizing that something is amiss. Seriously. We gotta do something about this paranoid Pete thing. Maybe you're right. Wait. No. I'm not falling for this. I'm the pranker, not the pranky. Whoever it was that picked up there trying to pull a fast one on old Rush Hour Randy, and frankly no one, and I mean no one, pulls a fast one on Rush Hour Randy except Rush Hour Randy. What does that mean? It means... I'm calling them back. You're what? Todd voiced his concerns from the control room, but Randy was determined to show that whoever he had reached at the Peaksville Mental Hospital was of no consequence. He redialed the number into the computer that he had in front of him in the studio.
Peaksville Mental Hospital. How may I help you? Yeah, look, this is Rush Hour Randy, the host of the Rush Hour Randy Show on Eastridge Public Radio. I'm sure you've heard of it. Listen, a popular gag we do on this show is where I call up places and prank them. Now, I just called earlier, and I'm assuming I spoke to you. You said some creepy things, and I want to know what's going on. Was that your attempt to prank me? Prank you? No, it was the truth. Yeah, well, I'm not falling for it. Sir, you said you are Rush Hour Randy? You bet, buddy boy. And you're with Eastridge Public Radio? That's right, and I'm proud of it. I'm in the studio right now doing pre-recorded skits, and my producer, Todd, is in the control room. I'll be on vacation next week in Iowa, seeing the world's largest cornfield, so we have to plan ahead with pre-recorded content to keep my listeners entertained. And you're going to play a recording of our phone conversation from earlier? I'm not sure, Chief. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Why don't you tell me what's going on, huh? You trying to pull one over on RHR? If you play that phone conversation between us, then people will talk about me, won't they? Yeah, you bet, nutty boy. They'll be talking about me? What, you got potatoes in your ears, French fry? I said yeah. And you said you're down at Eastridge Public Radio studio right now? Yeah. Maybe. Randy, hang up. I don't like it when people talk about me. This was just a prank. A prank? Yeah, a prank. It's just for fun, for the Rush Hour Randy show on Eastridge Public Radio. These skits are really popular, and people love them. Hey, I got a bounce, fella. You've been Did we really need the jingle? My finger slipped, sorry. You ready to call the cops? Let's dial it up. Todd was relieved when Randy agreed to speak with the authorities. He had hoped that the police may be able to provide some assistance to what could be a very dangerous situation. What's your emergency? Yes, this is Rush Hour Randy with Eastridge Public Radio. Do you really need to do that every time? Rush Hour Randy? I'm a huge fan. Thanks for that. I always appreciate my listeners. Anyway, um, I think something bad has happened at the Peaksville Mental Hospital. Oh, I'm not falling for that. You're not going to get me. I'm not a silly goose. Silly goose? No, listen. This isn't a prank. This is serious. You're gonna try and tell me something silly and off the wall. And then you're gonna say that I just got rushed. Well, newsflash, Mr. Radio Man, you ain't gonna sell this Eskimo any ice. I'm not sure what to say to that, but this is serious. Oh, you. You're gonna have to make a bigger bowl of gravy to get my biscuit. They just hung up. 911 just hung up on me. Oh, I heard Randy, but they sounded like a big fan. Yeah, that was kind of cool, wasn't it? You're killing me. Now what? I'm not sure. Did you lock the door? Is it really us we need to worry about? Well, it doesn't hurt, you know. Just in case, Todd. Hey, we're getting a call. Maybe it's the police calling back. Pick it up. There was excitement and optimism from both Randy and Todd as they quickly answered the incoming telephone call. Hello, this is Rush Hour Randy. Uh, I mean... Eastridge Public Radio. Well, hello, Rush Hour Randy. Uh, who is, um, you know, calling? It's Pete, Rush Hour Randy. Pete, um, hey, bud. 
How's things at the mental hospital? I wouldn't know right now. And why is that, Pete? Because I'm on my way to see you. How's that possible? I stole the doctor's car and his cell phone. He doesn't need either anymore because I made him into sausages. Now I'm coming down to see you because I think you're going to play that recording of me. And that's going to get people talking about me. And that makes me paranoid. Well, we don't want to do that. And I don't think we're going to do that. Right, Todd? He can't see you shaking your head, Todd. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, We're not going to play that audio clip. We don't even have it anymore. Yeah, Pete, old friend, pal, buddy, chum, we deleted that audio clip. Pete, you still there? We lost the connection. What do we do? I don't know, Randy. I told you that was not a good idea. Yeah, we should have thought more about this. We? Oh no, you're not lumping me into this. We, Todd, we. We're a team. True, the show is named after me, and I am the star, and beloved by the citizens of East Ridge, but you're in this too, by association. Acknowledge me, please. I was distracted. Paranoid Pete is calling back. Maybe he's calling to apologize. Yeah, that's probably it. I'm gonna pick it up. Pete! Hey, bud. Looks like we lost you there. Yeah, I drove through a dead zone. Isn't that ironic? You know why it's ironic, Rush Hour Randy? Not really. Because I'm going to make the studios of East Ridge Public Radio into a dead zone. Now, Pete, come on. You really expect me to believe that you're coming here to turn a studio into a place of, you know, death? You should believe it, because I just pulled up. I'll see you in a minute. Great. He's here. This is it. Okay. The cops won't do anything. What about station security? Station security? We're public broadcasting, Randy. Do you really think we have security guards? We don't even have locks on the doors. What if we just tried the cops again? Maybe this time you could talk to them. You're more of a commoner. Todd? Todd? Oh, Toddy! The lack of response from Todd was disturbing, much like stepping in a wet spot while wearing socks. Randy began to look through the window that separated the studio from the control room. It was hard to see, but he could make out Todd sitting at the audio board. Todd, why aren't you responding? Then Randy saw a sight that was nothing short of terrifying. He saw Todd's head roll off his body and fall onto the ground, plopping down onto the floor like a giant wad of hamburger that dropped onto ceramic tile. Uh, Todd? I think your head fell off. It didn't take Randy long to realize that what he was seeing was unnatural. Panic quickly grew within, and then sheer terror took hold as he saw a figure in the dark control room standing behind Todd's headless corpse. The figure that Randy saw was Paranoid Pete. Um, hey, uh, I don't think you're allowed in here, you know? Like, it's against the rules. Paranoid Pete nodded as though everything Randy was saying was registering with him. 
Paranoid Pete then quickly darted out of the control room and into the studio, where he came face to face with Rush Hour Randy. Hey, Pete. Hello, Rush Hour Randy. So I, I see you've found the place. Want an autograph? It's free. It's time to stop you from playing that recording. Pete, come on, man. What are we doing here? Wow, that's a big knife. You bet it is a big knife to stop you from playing that recording. And in turn, it'll stop them all from talking about me. Please, Pete, don't kill me. I'm beloved by the citizens of East Ridge. Please, I'm a reasonably good person. I don't throw my gum on the ground often. I see my son every other weekend. I recycle. Despite Randy's pleas, Paranoid Pete, wielding the very large knife, stepped closer to Randy. He raised the knife and was about to strike. Please, I'm begging you. It was a prank. Ha! Got you. What? I'm not going to kill you. It was all a joke. A joke? Yeah, I like your phone pranks. This was all a joke. I'm actually a huge fan of your show. They play it all the time down at the hospital. Those of us that aren't medicated into a comatose state really enjoy it. So, you're not going to kill me? No, I I figured maybe I could beat you at your own game. You were the master, and I just thought it'd be fun to try and top you. (laughs) Yeah, you got me. I did, didn't I? Yeah, the psycho killer got me. Ooh, such fun. I'm sorry. I, I guess I took it sort of far, and that could be unnerving considering my past. So, this was all a joke, and you just came here to give me a good scare. <laughs> good one. Right, Todd? Todd? Oh, no, he's dead. I did kill him, just like I killed everyone at the hospital. Very good, Pete. An additional prank. No, nope. They're all dead. What? I'm nuts. I'm paranoid Pete. Goodness gracious. Such lengths to go to, all for the name of humor. I couldn't imagine any other creative outlet pushing the boundaries to get a laugh. Well, my loyal lunatics, I'd say we're about out of time. But alas, we have one more treat for you. Our own poet laureate, Winston, has been working on a special poem that he would like to read for you now. Winston, the floor is yours. Paranoid Pete! Paranoid Pete! Not the kind of guy you want to meet! He's weird and he's creepy and he turns people into meat! Oh, Winston, how revolting and disgusting. Keep going, please. Paranoid Pete doesn't like it when people talk about him, and if they do, their fates are always grim. He uses a big knife for the old slice and dice, but I gotta say, that isn't nice. Well, that's my poem. I call it Paranoid Pete is Nuts. Very nice, Winston. Your form could use a little polishing, but there will be time for that later. In the interim, we must bid our own listeners a fond farewell. Lunatics, thank you for tuning in. 
We hope you enjoyed Pranking Paranoid Pete. We want to thank our presenter, Crimson Knight Productions, for all of their help in producing these twisted tales of terror. Please find us on Facebook and give us a like. We're also on Instagram and Twitter space. That does it for this edition of Volumes of Fear. Please join us next time, and don't forget to share the scare and like the lunacy. This episode of Volumes of Fear featured the acting talents of David Thompson, Josh Berkey, J.C. Rositas, Shannon Riley, Frank Cezan, Andy Collins, and Jeremy McShirley. It was produced by Andy Collins and J.C. Rositas from a script by Andy Collins. Sound mixing and engineering was done by J.C. Rositas. The artwork was created by Derek DeBoer and post-production management was by Frank Cezan. Part of this episode's score came from FreePD.com. This episode of Volumes of Fear was presented by Crimson Knight Productions. Visit them online at cnproductions.net. Follow Volumes of Fear on Facebook or suffer the horrifying consequences.